0: Up, hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast, right here on SD Nation. A ton to get to today. Tom Brady is back, more injuries to the Bucks offensive line, and gearing up for the final preseason game. We will get into all of that today. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. As I said, we are a Bucks. Nation podcast. So follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore nation and check out BucksNation.com, especially after the final preseason game against the Colts. The articles will be flowing there from all of the, the great writers over at BucksNation.com and with me every single week. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmart810. He is the one, the only Len Martez. What's up, man? Oh, are you off the ledge? Oh, we finally off the ledge.
1: Bucks fans, Bucks Nation. Good Gracious. Oh, Tom's not back yet. Oh, where is he? Don't even and don't start. I know you're a big fan. If you mention If you even mention, I'm walking off. And I don't mean walk off grand slam. I am to get I'm just going to say I tweeted say
0: that, you, I tweeted it out before I even saw the theory. I don't have TikTok, so nah, I didn't know. About whatever,
1: you can. I'll tell you. You
0: can claim. You, what, you, you, can claim se- you can claim
1: that if you want. You mention that. I'm telling you right now. I'm walking off. It's gonna be. It's gonna be downy and just downy. Don't go se- there. September, tw-
0: September 21st when it premieres, I'll be able to tell you for sure.
1: I'm telling you, dude. That's all. <laughs> that's I'm, it. You, you think I'm kidding? I'm gonna walk off. <laughs> you are gonna figure
0: this thing out? <laughs> I actually don't think, I actually don't think it's that crazy. Nobody cares. But, but, Nobody but, cares. but Tom, yes, Tom, Tom, Tom is, Tom is back. And again, uh, this is happening way too much this, this preseason, but I have to give you the old pat on the back. Last podcast, we said one of us was going to be right. And one of us was going to be wrong. Whether Tom Brady and other Buck starters played in the final preseason game Against the Indianapolis Colts and Todd Bowles has said Tom Brady and all of the other starters who are healthy will play on Saturday night, August 27th in Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Field. Lynn, you predicted that they would play, but considering all of the injuries that this team has suffered this preseason and in this training camp, including Aaron Stinney going down, which we'll get into a little bit more. Is it a great idea for all of these guys to be to be playing in that third preseason game?
1: First things first, I pop up freaks all the honey's. First things first. As far as me being right and you being wrong. <laughs> I mean it's it's just like the title of the tag on podcast. Just put it up there, dude. I mean it you know, it's just like sunshine coming in Tampa and St. Pete. And rain follow right behind it. It's the everyday thing. So I'm okay with it. You being wrong and me being right. But all kidding aside, here's the reason why I, I, I kind of knew that, I, no, let me put it this way. I made the assumption, strong or not, I made the assumption that Tom was going to play in week three of the preseason. And that's because of this. No matter what business it is, sports or just your everyday business. When you're a leader, whether it be a head coach, quarterback, or manager, a supervisor, one of the first things you want to do is you want to remove all the excuses, all of them. So when you have an employee that says, hey, boss, I can't get this done in four hours. You know what you tell that employee? He or she? Okay. Well, come in 15 minutes earlier. Come in a half hour earlier. Boom. Excuses, done. My expectations, for you to get that done. My comparison, my analogy is this. Tom's got to play this last preseason. Starters have to play. That offensive line has to gel together in this last preseason. Find some rhythm in this preseason. Why? Because week one, week two, week three, and week four. Cowboys, Saints, Saints. Packers and Chiefs, all right?
0: Toughest stretch of the entire season. All those month.
1: teams with the exception of one. Season totals for 2022 are above 10. So there's no, we're the New England Patriots, and, you know, we're going to treat September like the preseason. And that ain't Tampa Bay. That ain't the Avent Health Training Center. They jump off on that first Sunday night game, and then it's followed by division rival. That has beaten you in the regular season over and over, five of the last six times you played them, they've beaten you and they've handled the guy that I call that dude. And then following that is the potential team that you may face in the NFC Championship game. Followed that by a team that you may face in the Super Bowl, that you've already faced in the Super Bowl. That's why I said made the strong assumption that Tom was going to play in week three of the preseason. Because, again, you are going to remove all the excuses, whether it's Tom Brady as a leader telling his team, we're going to play in the preseason because we're going to remove all the excuses. So when we play in week one, it's not going to be, well, you know what? They didn't play in the preseason together. And the same thing goes with Todd Bowles and his coaching staff. They removed the excuses to the standpoint of you can't go into get week one against the Cowboys and say, well, you know what? We didn't play together. and that's not the case and again that's what leaders do in any business they grab what needs to be done in regards to taking out the excuses so that whomever they're leading doesn't have anything to fall back on and say well you know what we didn't perform we're not productive because we didn't have time together no dude i knew that was going to be the case
0: how much they play though
1: I mean, if they play a couple of series, that's good. What you want to see is again, you want to see some rhythm in that offense. And don't forget, I mean, basically, <laughs> this is it, right? This is it. You're jumping into 2022 once this preseason is over. If you if you want to tell me they play a quarter, and and I understand in regards to folks want to say the danger of of getting you know getting someone else injured, but the reality is. That's every team in the NFL that's in the preseason. And you can say, well, those other teams in the preseason, week three aren't playing their players. That's fine. But they took the same risk in week two. Everybody takes those risks. So for everyone that wants to say, well, wait a second. You want to tell me about playing them into the third quarter, or even the second quarter? That's fine. But don't go there and say, well, you know, you can't play them because they may get hurt in the first quarter. No, dude. This is what this is what they signed up for to play. I'm not saying playing past the second quarter or the third quarter. I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about playing that, that lengthy. But they have to play and remove all the excuses so that when you go into 2022 and you play those first four
0: games, those teams you play against, you're ready to roll. So let's talk about you know playing time and something that contributed to an injury in the last preseason game, and that's Aaron Stinney, the presumed starter at guard for the Buccaneers. Luke Gadecki gets the start. Stinney is playing later into the game and goes down with with an injury, and he's going to be out with a knee injury, and he's going to be out the entire season. Gadecki, now, it was obviously still a battle, even though Stinney was uh, still listed as the first string guy on the depth chart, but Gedecki was getting the start because it was a battle and you wanted to get him in there with the, with the first-team offensive line. How big of a loss is it for the Bucs to lose Stenny? Is Gadecki ready to step in and be that starter as a, as a rookie? And number three, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, I believe that offensive line and specifically offensive line depth is the one thing on my mind, my biggest worry about the Bucs as we uh, draw closer to the start of the 2022-2023 regular season?
1: My biggest worry right now is anyone that's listening to this podcast is like, what's the pronunciation? Is it Gedecky or is it Gadecki? And I've heard Luke say Gadecki. So I'm going with Gedeki. Okay, that's number one. So in regards to that, in regards to Luke, and in regards to moving forward, into that preseason game and into the regular season, you're right about one thing. Very rare, but you're right about one thing. <laughs> and that's this. I've been around plenty of coaches, man, whether it be, whether it be Jimmy Johnson, Dave Wonstead. I mean, I want, I don't, you know what? You don't need my resume because Lord knows when people start running down there, I'm like, yeah, I ain't got time. So let's just say I've been around a lot of head coaches in the NFL and a lot of them I've said the same thing and that's this depth along the interior lines is huge because that's where those big guys get hurt those big guys get hurt we even talk about you know the explosive injuries that occur with the skill position players and you can talk about that in regards to a a secondary certainly we saw that in, in 2021 here with the Buccaneers but the defensive depth and, and uh, on along a defensive line and, and the depth along an offensive line is huge. I mean, teams are always scrambling to have that interior offensive line depth. We, we just saw it this past week. Teams, all right? Multiple teams trading away, whether it be a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick for what? For depth up along their offensive line. Why? Because they're getting a jump on the final 53. That's what it is. So you're right. As huge as it is in regards to depth along the offensive line. Here's the one thing that has kind of irked me in regards to Stinney getting hurt. Not the fact that he got hurt. We can talk about the fact that he was playing into the third quarter. Some people have kind of broad brushed that and said, well, because he was playing it into the third quarter, that he probably wasn't going to be the starting left guard. Here's my problem with that. That if he wanted... In regards to not thinking it's a big injury and just blowing it off, saying, Well, you know, he was he was going to be second on the depth chart anyway. We can't talk about what we just mentioned being huge in regards to having the depth and then just kind of like broadwashing and just saying, ah, losing Aaron Stanley's not a big deal. No, you can't do that because we I mean, you're talking out of both sides of your neck. It's important to have once for line depth but it's not important that you lost Aaron Stinney. I mean if you want the depth, then losing Aaron Stinney is a big deal.
0: And it's that, not even it's not even that. It's just even if he wasn't going to be the starter, he's more than just a second string guard. He if Dedekey or Shaq Mason went down, that's the first guy that gets that gets slotted in there.
1: That and here's where I'm going next, okay? And Aaron Stinney has earned this and i'll just give you an acronym e t e experience trust and equity because along that offensive line as far as the guards are concerned minus shaq mason those guys don't have it leverett doesn't have it haynes doesn't have it so you can blow off the stinny injury and say oh well he wasn't going to be a starter anyway as you mentioned He's the first guy up, potentially for those other guys when it comes to uh, Gereke and Mason. Not only that, I mentioned E-T-E. The experience is the fact that that guy played during a playoff run when you were missing one of your guards. That's number one. The T in trust is he has that dude's trust because he played when that dude won Super Bowl number seven in 2020 okay and the equity is inside that building whether it be the offensive line coach Harold Goodwin or the offense in itself Byron Leftwich, and also that dude and most importantly the head coach Todd Bowles that's the difference in regards to all the other guys you can talk about with the exception of Shaq Mason that are either going to play for the Bucs in 2022 or are going to back up the guys that play. Steny cut came in and you lose
0: experience, trust, and equity. Let me ask you this now. I'm going to move on to a different position now that we've talked about a lot this preseason, but I'm going to pose it in a way that still relates to the offensive line and, and the struggles there. And that is, as we go into this final preseason game, a lot of people are still going to have their eyes on the wide receiver position and what the final wide receiver room looks like for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2022. We've talked a lot this preseason about who's going to make the team and who's not going to make the team. And one of those guys that has been right on the line has been Scotty Miller this entire preseason and this entire training camp. Scotty Miller spoke to the media earlier this week about realizing that this Saturday at Indianapolis could possibly be his last game in a Buck's uniform. When I'll ask you this, do you think that this is Scotty's last game suiting up for the Buccaneers? And if the Bucks are in a position where it's where it's close or Scotty Miller is below that cut line, I personally think it would be worth before you get to Tuesday and that cut down to 53 to shop Scotty Miller in a trade for either, you know, more draft picks late in the draft or to see if a team that needs a wide receiver, if you could maybe get some offensive line depth for that. I think that that could be a valuable piece because obviously Denzel Mills of the Jets might be the most coveted wide receiver out there right now that's available, but Scotty Miller might be the other best wide receiver that ends up on on the street. so if the bucks were to get rid of him, I think shopping him in a trade before you get to Tuesday might be a better ideal, uh, idea than just cutting it. A couple of things exactly in Scotty Miller's favor, and it's not a it's not necessarily
1: totally good. but it's the fact that Bashad Perman and also Chris Godwin banged up i mean obviously godwin we, we we know about him coming back from the ac acl injury but as far as pyramid's concerned he hasn't had a a truly healthy camp all right neither has gage and julio is you know we're talking about julio in terms of missing the time that he's missed the last two years because of self Tissue injuries as far as the hamstrings concerned. And I
0: failed to mention Cyril Grayson was waived by the by the Buccaneers earlier this week, but he has been injured as well. Uh, if he clears waivers, he would come back, but be on injured reserve for the Bucs.
1: Now, you mentioned Grayson. Here's the thing that kind of is the wild card in all of this. And that is the injuries. I mentioned Pyrrhon, I mentioned Godwin, and I, and, I, and I mentioned Gage. All right. You're making these decisions based off of having the whole depth chart as far as the wide receivers is concerned. You certainly don't want to get rid of a player like Scotty Miller, who has experience he's had here in Tampa Bay, has been been a contributor, big or small. You can question whether or not his contributions have been small. He had one of the biggest catches in that NFC Championship game, no doubt. All right, that thing was a momentum builder for the Bucks to be able to go to Green Bay and Lambeau and win that football game. But Grayson's had his moments too. The problem is the fact that you can't have this as a true competition now because Perriman's banged up and Grayson was banged up before he got cut. So now you're going on the, the basis of, well, who's here? Scottie Miller's here. Scotty Miller's healthy. That's the thing in regards to talking about, and I get you in, in regards to potentially trading him. But I mean, if I'm a if, if I'm a team looking for wide receiver help, and I'm looking at the Bucks, and there's a potential that you're looking at trading Scotty Miller, I'm like, no, dude. You, I mean, I, there is a a positioning of bargaining, as far as other teams are concerned. i like, I'm looking at your depth chart. If you're crazy enough to cut that guy because you got two or three other guys that you don't know when they're gonna play again, go right ahead. As far as a team that's looking for a wide receiver help, unless you're going to take a five or a six for the guy, I'm not gonna trade those, those picks because you got to make a decision. And 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 as far as a team that's looking for a wide receiver depth, depth you may think in terms of well, shoot, if, if I got to give up a pick for Miller, why don't I just go pick up Grayson and find out when he's going to be healthy again? Or the same thing with Perryman. You got to make a decision as far as the Bucs are concerned, who you're going to put out there and not have on your football team for 2022. One way or another, if I'm a team looking for help, you're going to put somebody out there like Grayson, like Perryman that I can have in my
0: building and not have to trade for him. When we talk next, is Scotty Miller a member of the 53-man roster of the Buccaneers? I almost think he has to be, dude, because of the, the, the injuries I talked about. I almost think he has to be. I mean, and look. Godwin, by the way, has been back in the no-contact jersey at practice this week. Yeah, and he's been doing that for a couple of weeks now, and, yeah. and, and that's fine. <laughs> but I told you last week,
1: you know, when, you talk, when people want to talk about, well, you know, he, will he be ready for week one? There is a huge leap that Chris Godwin has to make that he hasn't made yet. And that's contact in a football game All right, to get over what he's gone through as far as the injury is concerned. He's got to get that. I'm not telling you he can't do it. I'm not telling you he's not going to be a contributor to the football team in 2022. I'm telling you we're not there yet, and because of that, you're talking about potentially putting a guy out on the you know on the street and cutting a guy that you know what he gives you in regards to Scotty Miller and I'll give you that word again, equity in regards to knowing inside that wide receiver room what Scotty Miller brings you. I like the fact that he feels like. He's got a huge battle in his hands. I understand that. I get that. I, and, and again, as a person l- listening to him talk, you never want to feel like, oh, you know, I've made it. Heck no. Preseason game week three is he should feel like this is, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm playing for my, my, my time and my, and, and my Buccaneers career here. And I'm, I'm playing for the fact that whether or not I'm going to make this football team. or not. he should feel that way. And because of that, moving forward, and because of the other things I've already mentioned, you've mentioned, I think
0: he's part of this football team moving forward. Do you think, are there any other names that would maybe be surprising to Bucks fans that might end up not on this 53-man roster come next week? No,
1: I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mean, with the exception of maybe at running
0: back, Geo, Geo. That could be it, because that would be surprising. Well, part of the thing is
1: again, you know, as corny as it sounds, and everybody says it, and I, you know, you know, I, I kind of laugh at people that say it, but I'm going to say it: visibility, availability. And yeah. I talked about the injuries as far as the wide receivers are concerned. Grayson is now where he is in the position he's in. Perman could be in that position. That's the thing about regards to Scotty Miller too. Scotty's healthy, dude. (laughs) You know he's currently healthy. So because of that, you're gonna tell me I'm cutting that dude, but I'm gonna count on the other dudes that are hurt. No, that's number one. Number two is that's the same thing as far as running backs are concerned. All right, I can sit here comfortably saying, you know, four months ago, I was like, ooh, Rashad White, ooh, dude, (laughs) are you bringing that running game, that running style to the NFL? Mm, you better start running through the tackles. What I can also say now, sitting here comfortably, and I said it a couple of weeks ago, and I'll say it again. That dude, well, I'll say that young man, <laughs> catches the football better than anyone he back That I've been here and I've watched
0: play. I like yeah. when they split him out wide a couple times in the second preseason game. And, and, that's, and that's the thing that he gives you that, let's face it, you haven't had, and no other running back
1: gives you that. Geo is certainly a, look a pro pass protector. He's certainly a you know a, a a valve in regards to third down back. But think about it from a skill set standpoint. Rashad White's giving you that and more. If he can if he can do that consistently in regards to going out wide and and matching up potentially on a linebacker during a you know you may go it might be second at six based off the defense all of a sudden you got him in the game and granted third down if it's third and six you know they're throwing the football so you'll you'll probably face the dime so he may not be lined up against a linebacker but let's say it's second at six and it may not be something that happens in week three or week four but moving down the line based off his experience and and moving forward and all of a sudden you you've got a you've got a package where you're mass protecting but you're buying time for you for that dude and you get Rashad White on a linebacker mark my words we're going to sit here on a podcast and we're going to review one of these games and somewhere in the season that type of play is going to happen you're going to be like wow
0: that guy, Elmar at 810, knows what he's talking about. Well, and Tom Brady loves his past catching backs. I mean, you can look through the history and his time in New England all the way back to Kevin Falk. So uh, we, know, we know Tom Brady loves those kind of players. Um, but those guys did something that Rashad White has to do.
1: Pass and- protect. Now you daggone right. I <laughs> don't, don't pass it off. Don't pass it off like, like, like a popcorn kernel, okay? Like one that didn't pop in the microwave. Uh-uh. <laughs> we're talking about that dude, all
0: right, that you got to pass protect for. <laughs> all right. So I think, we, I think we've covered in a good scope what we're obviously what we're going to be looking for in the final preseason game, probably that wide receiver position battle and how long the starters play and how the starters gel together. So I think we've covered the bucks in whole. So before we wrap this up this week, I'll give you I'll give the the you the listeners, I'll give you a, the schedule of how we're gonna map things out as far as after the final preseason game and then head, heading into the regular season. But before we get there, Lynn, across the NFL and position battles, there are still two teams that have not named their starting quarterback one the pittsburgh steelers and the other the seattle seahawks now in the three preseason games in pittsburgh mitch trubisky is battling with rookie kenny pickett in seattle geno smith is battling with drew lock who came over in the russell wilson trade from denver now if you look at the three preseason games all three of them will end up being started by the same guy for both teams trubisky for pittsburgh and Geno Smith for Seattle, even though the only reason Geno will be – Locke was supposed to start the second preseason game for Seattle, but he was out because of COVID. Do you think that those guys end up with the starting positions and you can throw a a big fat you're wrong on me again? Because I said at the draft that I thought Pickett would become the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh, and we've gone back and forth plenty of times. About uh Locke and Geno in Seattle. No, we'll go. Uh, we'll go. We'll go
1: one on one, because at some point, it's it's the obvious. Mitchell Trubisky is going to he's going to have to be a player that he's never been in this
0: league to hold off uh, Kenny Pickett. That, and at some point during the season, correct. But, but week, I I still think I think that there's a better chance that Locke unseats Geno for week one than there is Pickett unseats Trubisky for week one at this point, simply because of what I've heard out of Pittsburgh in camp and how Pickett has looked. More than anything else, and and I talked about this when you made that prediction in regards to Kenny Pickett
1: starting at some point in 2022. And it's a fact that, remember something, I mean, other than Big Ben, this team has been consistent with their quarterbacks as far as the Steelers are concerned. And, you know, we're talking about a veteran football team that went out and signed Mitchell Trubisky for the point of having a veteran. I'm not telling you that you're going to be wrong in regards to Pickett's concern. I think you're eventually going to be right. So I said, that's your win. But as far as uh, Locke's concerned, (laughs) take that out, dude.
0: Take that out. Because even with how putrid that Seattle offense has looked in this preseason, especially the, the second game, People were, I mean, if you look at social media, Locke won by being out, basically. That's fine, but here's the thing, <laughs> okay?
1: You don't have two good quarterbacks battling for the number one spot.
0: You got two bad quarterbacks battling for the number one spot. Those I, feel guys... like, I feel like Locke is, the reason why I'm st- still on Locke is because I think that you haven't necessarily seen the best of drew lock and you fully know (laughs) what geno smith is boy you
1: keep you can hang on lock all you want i see listen i
0: think i think seattle's going to be a bad football team this year they're going to be up there with the falcons and the texans competing for the number one for the number one draft pick i'll say that but i think that i mean if you want to tank go ahead and start geno smith because you might not win a football game it doesn't matter. What, what do you think they're not going to be tackling because they stopped because they started drew Lock. I think Locke has more potential to, to make plays and win and win you some football <laughs> games than Geno Smith does. Neither one of those guys, uh, neither one of those guys are, or anything in
1: regards to winning more than the other guy, both those uh-huh. guys would win you three or four games tops. And that's, what's going to happen in Seattle. That's number one. Number two is whether it's Stroud, Young, one of those guys are going to end up in Seattle. And that's what they're playing for. They can say whatever they want. They don't want to. May, they may not want to turn off the twelfth man, but you can turn off the twelfth man because again, they're not saying it. Pete Carroll, God bless him, because he's certainly won enough games in this league. Wait, where, where he's consistently won one nine or ten games a season. <laughs> He's winning half of that this year. And again, they're not admitting to that, but that's where they're at. That's where they're at. And you want to tell me about Locke starting over Smith? Okay. So they win four games, five games instead of winning four games. It doesn't matter. Neither one of those guys is going to elevate their team to win more than
0: one game than the other guy. Bottom line,
1: boom, good night.
0: Does Jimmy Garoppolo get traded? Does he get cut? What happens with Garoppolo? Cut.
1: It gets cut before September when his contract is guaranteed.
0: And who does – is he on a team come opening day? That's a good question. The thing that scares
1: me, (laughs) and it would scare me if I was a Niners fan, is the fact that – say what you want about Jimmy. Look – When it comes to the Niners, I'm not going to tell you that they won a lot of games with Kyle Shanahan because of their quarterback play, but I'm going to tell you, he kept them from losing games. And don't forget, they were this close. And everybody, everybody, you know, long kisses of Matthew Stafford. That's the same quarterback that there was a stretch. In the middle of the season, we were like, this dude can't can't play in big games. Sunday night games against this team, two picks. Monday night game against this team, pick six.
0: Everybody's in love with Matthew Stafford because he got his. I believe you picked San Francisco to beat the Rams in the NFC Championship because you said you trusted Jimmy G more than Stafford going into that game. Uh, Yes, because of history because of what I've seen. And granted, I was wrong with that,
1: but the fourth quarter, there was a 17-7 lead for the Niners. And it could have been a different story had that big back (laughs) picked off that pass that Matthew Stafford, the guy that everybody's blowing kisses to, threw right in his hands. All right, but again, listen, in the end, he came here and he put his team in a position Kicked the game-winning field goal by Matt Gay. And in the end, he won that NFC Championship game, scoring those, what was it, 13 points in, in the fourth quarter, yep. including the game-winning field goal setting his team up. right. And in the end, he beat the hottest quarterback in the playoffs in Joe Burrow. So again, Matthew Stafford, great, you got yours. But there was a time, okay, there was a time when San Francisco was winning that football game. I say all that because Jimmy, for some reason, he's just being looked upon like he's just, you know, he, he's, he's a nothing guy. If you got the right system, dude, the guy won't lose games for you. I just don't unlike, know. Unlike the guy that potentially could be fighting for his job in the AFC South. All right. Down in Nashville. <laughs> that dude loses games for his football team. And if you don't know who hell I'm talking about, I'm talking about
0: Ryan Tannehill. But obvious, when we're talking about the Titans, I think they just go to Willis before you consider signing. Oh, I, some, I get
1: that. I get yeah. that. But
0: my point is the fact that you got a winning football
1: team that is structured just like the Niners in the Titans. The difference is the quarterbacks. You can say whatever you want about Jimmy G. Again, NFC Championship game, up by 10 points, and also winning in the fourth quarter in a Super Bowl. Tannehill got that under his wraps? Hell no. Last time I saw him, he was throwing four picks to the other team.
0: I think an interesting thing to watch would possibly be Pittsburgh. If Trubisky gets off to a bad start and you don't think Pickett's ready, then maybe you sign Jimmy G to a one-year deal. But I just don't know the right situation to where a team could possibly be a playoff contender and doesn't already have a rookie on their roster as far as as far as Jimmy G goes, like where where does he fit? Like Minnesota, the like does That's Cousins? A good question. Yeah, no, it's a good question
1: because you but look for all the reasons that I said you're looking for a situation where you need a veteran quarterback that will just come in and keep you from losing football games that. They're, they're, those jobs aren't out there, all right? Cleveland's decided that Brissett is going to hold things down until the wackadoo,
0: Mr. Sixty Massages, comes back, all right? I mean, the Jets, if Wilson's not ready. No, um, yeah. no
1: I just said about winning. winning. Yeah. Come on.
0: Get... <laughs> winning, Before... situations,
1: <laughs> winning situations, man. Winning situations. Not situations where where... The Jets and Giants are the worst teams in the NFL in the last four or five years. Stop it.
0: Speaking of winning situations, the Bucs, I think, will both talk about being in a winning situation this coming week because we will talk about the Bucs and what their 53-man roster looks like, and then we will go through the NFL and make some predictions on this coming week. And then the week after, leading into the regular season, we will preview in full the Bucks and the Cowboys Sunday Night Football Opening night, and we'll look at some of the other Week One intriguing games as we did all last year during the regular season. Until then, he's always on my fifty-three man roster. He's lmar eight ten on Twitter. Len Martez. I am Trey Downey. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter as well at Bucks underscore Nation. And until next week, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.